I'm Kelsey. And I'm Riley. We're your co-pilots on Pilot Lights, the podcast where two gal pals celebrate their love of weed, snacks, and TV. Drum roll. Surprise, bull roll. (gasps) Join us every Weed Wednesday at 420 Eastern Standard Time for our new episodes. Each week, we'll consume a marijuana product while we watch the pilot episode of a TV show. And like the true high flyers we are, we'll break for an in-flight snack. Knowing us, we'll get very off-topic, very silly, puntastic, and philosophical. Check out our website, pilotlights.com. That's P-I-L-O-T-L-I-T-E-S dot com. For Mary Jane Crush Mondays, Teaser Tuesdays, new episodes every Weed Wednesday, and while you're there, check out our sponsors. Don't forget to go check out the link to our Patreon, too, where you can get access to exclusive content, our secret Facebook groups, raffles, and more. That's it. Check out Pilot Lights on iTunes to start, soon to be wherever you get your podcasts. This new chair, while it is very comfortable, definitely leans against the wall and sounds like farts. It's also that kind of like PVC, kind of weird fabric. Yes. And you just move a little bit. Makes you just it sound like you're sound farting like I'm a just lot. farting all the time. But maybe I am. You don't know. I don't. I would know because we are in a tight space. Yeah, you would know. I would know immediately. Yeah. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Your weekly podcast, giving you sweet treats of stories and tales from the world of music, hosted by us. I am Maggie. I am Ashley. And this week, we've got some badass tales from the world of Queen Latifah. Yeah. Very interesting story. I'm very excited because I feel like most people know her more as an actress than they do as a musician. Yeah. But her musicianship is, like, legit. She has done a lot. With music. Right. She's conquered a lot of different genres, and she's done it with a plum, and has done it very well. Ooh, and- calendar words. <laughs> it's your word of the day. All right. Um, but yeah, and also somebody who doesn't get her her dues, I think. She's no, not somebody who's always been there, but everyone's just like, yeah, that's Queen Latifah. Right, because, I mean, we do have people like Missy Elliott, um, and nowadays you have like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, like you have these women in rap and hip hop and all this that I think we're we're getting better about giving them their dues. But Queen Latifah, I feel yeah. like we but have they, not done our due diligence. They for her. would not be here if it was not for Queen Latifah. Oh no, no, absolutely would not be here. So no. we're gonna talk about Queen Latifah because she deserves all the fucking recognition. She does not only as a person of color in honor of Black History Month, but as a woman, like. Some of her songs are just, like, U-N-I-T-Y. I was like, oh, I've she, never really listened to this? Holy shit. She really knows how to cut people to the core oh my with God. her lyrics. She's and, so smart. They're such intelligent lyrics. And every single song she has, like, in her in her hip-hop career has mm. really, like, cut people down to size and, like, really made you think about what the fuck's going on. She is very much a look at your life, look at your choices yeah, and, in her songs. and do better. And do we better. all need to do better. As do a better. community, we all need to do better. We can do this. And in addition to doing this, we are also drinking because we always drink. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a given. That's a given. At this point. And this week we are drinking Wells Banana Bread Beer because mm-hmm. she has a song the first song, bananas. yeah, the first song off of Order in the Court is called Bananas. And also, this beer is fucking delicious. So any excuse to drink it is a good excuse. Yeah, this is like this is an old school one for me because I haven't drank this in years. Yeah, and both this is a testament to how good this beer is because both you and I hate banana flavored things. Oh yeah, bananas disgusting. The only banana stuff I will eat are straight up bananas and no. banana and banana bread. That's it. Anything else, get it the fuck away from me. The smell makes me want dry heave. Well, this, fake banana is like, what are oh, you doing? Oh, God, that's so disgusting. What is your, no. what is this? But I, 
I don't even like having actual bananas in anything else. It ruins it. If you put bananas in a fruit salad, fuck you. Your fruit salad is garbage. I mean, it's going to be soggy in two seconds. Yeah. And those bananas are going to turn brown and gross. And then you're going to get like banana residue Mm. on all the other fruits. And you ruin the fruit salad. Don't put bananas in things. Yeah. But I I can't. I can't. I don't actually even like. I don't like when you put banana, like, if you do, like, a chocolate peanut butter banana thing, you've ruined my chocolate peanut butter experience. Yeah. Just because you put a garbage banana in there. Yeah. Like, there's a reason there aren't banana chips on Reese's peanut butter cups, because it's fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Oh, my. Oh. (laughs) Nope. That's, well. Oh, you're clutching your pearls. I am. But, like, honestly, you've ruined my night. Get out of my house. No, I brought you beer. I'm not leaving. All right, that's fair. You win this round. You brought me the only banana I will consume. Exactly. That's fair. All right. <laughs> I guess after that bizarre introduction, we should just get into Miss Queen Latifah. Yeah, let's. Nobody's I mean, here listening. Nobody wants to hear about bananas. Or do right. you? Is there a banana podcast? I God, I hope. <laughs> There's a part of me that hopes no. so. No. God willing, there is no banana podcast. Got to search for that. Anyway, let's let's get into Queen Latifah. Let's do this. Queen Latifah is one of those artists that seem like they've been around forever. You can't really remember a time when Queen Latifah wasn't in the background, her songs on the radio, or her movies in the theater, or her talk show jabbering away on the TV. She's ubiquitous, having conquered nearly every avenue of entertainment, and seems to always have a project in the works. She's everywhere. She really is, though. And I'm okay with that, because I fucking love her. No, I'm done with Queen Latifah. As you can probably guess, Queen Latifah wasn't born with that amazing name. She was born with the more humble name of Dana Elaine Owens on March 18th, 1970, in New York, New Newark, New Jersey. Not New York. (laughs) New York, New Jersey. Not New York, New Jersey. (laughs) Is that even a place? Sometimes it seems like they just kind of meld together, but no. I I feel like New Jerseyans would take offense to being called New York. As New do Yorkers. New Yorkians. New York New Yorkers take great offense in being called New Jerseyans. We do though. Don't do it. Yeah. She was very close to her brother Lancelot Jr. Oh my god, what? <laughs> what? There's two of them named Lancelot. Oh my god, I'm just picturing like her brother is just this guy he who's just a knight on a horse. <laughs> he just rides around. He's a smaller version of a larger man on a horse riding around. <laughs> oh, if only. Yeah, that's I mean, what I think. They would have been the weirdos in their in their little town. I think that's all right, though. I would have been friends with them. <laughs> she was also very close to her mom, Rita, a high school art teacher, and her father, Lancelot Sr., <laughs> who was a police officer. On a horse. On a horse. He could have been. He could have been. You never know. Actually, modern day knights, arguably police officers. And now that I think about it, uh, Lancelot Jr. also became a police officer, so they could have been. All right. Modern day knights. What is that? The the cavalry division or something? Sure. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) I haven't been to medieval times in a minute, so I kind of forgot all that stuff. I've never been to medieval times. That surprises me coming from you. The closest one is in what? New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never went to New Jersey. Bringing it back. We don't like New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I've never been to a medieval times. I've always wanted to go. It's fun. Especially after seeing Cable Guy. <laughs> I've never seen Cable Guy. Oh, my God. It's just okay. a downward spiral we need, shit we've never done. We need to do these things before it's too late. Bucket list. <laughs> medieval times. Watch cable, cable Guy. guy. <laughs> All right. She credits her mom with being a major reason her career took off. Rita was a cool lady and kept up with musical connections in their community, especially because at one point she ran a jazz and poetry club in Newark. Ooh. It was her father that Queen got her tenacity and street smarts from. Though she didn't have a very close relationship with her father, Queen still learned a lot from him, especially about how to use guns and how to treat them respectfully. Oh. He indulged her tomboyish ways, taking Queen and her brother Lance to karate lessons and accepting her refusals to wear dresses. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. While in elementary school, Queen first heard the name Latifah, meaning delicate and sensitive in Arabic. Queen thought it described her pretty well. Oh. Despite how she looked, because she was like five foot ten. Yeah. She I mean, was- she's... Like, she's just, she's... She's just a big girl. A foreboding presence. Like, she just, she has that big personality. Yeah. And she's just tall and big and... Like, you're like, oh, shit. But also... You see her when she walks into a room. Yeah, but she's very sweet, very nice, and very soft-spoken. That's true. 
I guess I always see her. I'm like, she's a bamf. Yeah. That lady's a bamf. Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying she isn't those things. I'm just like, huh, that's the word she went down for her nickname. All right. Um, you know what? You you know you better than I do, girl. But it also reminds me of something very regal, which is a word oh, yeah. I associate with her, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Especially in her early career. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it, it fits. Yeah. The shoe fits, guys. Yeah. Put it on. <laughs> But born performer would also describe her pretty well as she was performing for her family at home at a young age. Her mom said she liked to imitate shampoo commercials when she was little. <laughs> then later on joined a choir at Shiloh Baptist Church in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And her first dip into acting was when she performed the song Home in The Wiz for that for her church. I Aww. believe or It's either her church or her school. I can't remember, but she was very young. She's just a babe. She's just a baby. Queen's parents divorced when she was 10, and oh. she started attending the high school where her mom worked. In between playing power forward in her school's basketball team, because she's tall, yep. and of course she has to play basketball. Yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what, you like 5'8"? Yeah, you're playing basketball, and you're definitely a forward. <laughs> All right. But it's just because I'm taller than everyone. Yeah. But while she was playing basketball, she developed her talents for singing and rapping. She started an all-female group while still in high school called Ladies Fresh, making a bit of a name for herself as a human beatbox. Ooh. Queen's mom, Rita, saw the potential in her daughter. She was the epitome of a cool mom and decided to help her daughter and friends get the recognition they deserved. So she invited Mark James, a local DJ known as DJ Mark the 45 King, to come to a school dance where the girls were performing. They built a professional relationship and used DJ Mark's parents' house as a home base, as their basement was basically a recording studio, and the group started calling themselves the Flavor Unit. <laughs> it just it just <laughs> reminds me of Flavor Stripe gum for some reason. Or I like, don't know why. Or like it's just like a knockoff of the Spice Girls. <laughs> but like... What flavor but, are you? Uh, but arguably way better. And a little bit more grassroots. The one that no one likes is called banana flavor. <laughs> banana extract. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So gross. Queen proved herself to be a pretty standout talent right off the bat. DJ Mark made a demo of her rap called Princess of the Posse and started to shop it around. He already had some connections, including... None other than Fab Five Freddy, Ooh. who at the time was the host of Yo! MTV Raps. Mm -hmm. So the demo was handed over to Freddy, who was pretty impressed. Because Freddy knows what's good. He kind of does. I mean... I mean, honestly, he does. He uh, he hosted Yo! MTV Raps, so he knew what people liked. He knew what people were going for. Yeah. And also, he knew what was new and what was going to catch on. So you see this pretty badass young woman rapping, and she's really good. Right. You might want to throw it to throw, somebody who's going to do something with it. Throw her a bone? Yeah, throw her a bone. All right, let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what comes out of this roux. Giving the... Roux? Yeah, like when you make I know what a roux is. It's just... <laughs> Why not? It's, it's a good... Let me have this. It's so bougie. She's Queen Latifah. Of course it's bougie. You have to use bougie words. I mean, you used your calendar word already. <laughs> All right, we already blew it in the first five minutes. Yeah, I also said ubiquitous, so. Oh, God damn it. I gotta catch up with things like Rue. I got vocabulary skills. I don't. <laughs> Giving the demo to Freddie was a good move because eventually it made its way to Dante Ross, head of Tommy Boy Records. Oh, shit. Who is a big deal yeah. at this point, right? Yeah, back then, like, yeah. Because at this point, well... This was like the uh, late 80s. Or maybe mid 80s? No, this was like 88, 89. Oh, wow. Um, so this was like starting to become the heyday of gangster rap. And Tommy oh, Boy was kind of in the okay. middle of that. So Tommy Boy was doing really good. All right. So um, Dante Ross loved it and signed Queen Latifah to the record company when she was only 17 years old and barely out of high school. Damn. By the time 1988 rolled around, Queen Latifah already had a single out called Wrath of My Madness and an album was on the way. That's a good song. It is. Wrath of My Madness. Very good song. All Hail the Queen. It, it's <laughs> There is a reason why people love it so much. It's an amazing album. No. It's got legitimate jams. Yes. Filled. Yes. Filled with them. 
1989 saw Queen's debut album, All Hail the Queen, released. It was a surprise hit because, let's face it, a black female musician wasn't exactly part of the mainstream at that time, let alone a black female rapper. Let alone a black female rapper rapping about really heavy subjects. Yeah. she Her subject matter was always very deep. It yes. wasn't any superficial bullshit. Right. Queen Latifah may have only been 19 years old when her debut album was was released, but she wasn't writing material about cute boys and puppy love. (laughs) She'd seen a thing or two in her short lifetime, and she was going to rap about that. Domestic violence, race discrimination, feminism, these were subjects she held close to her heart because they were intrinsically problems of the Black community, and specifically Black women. Right. While Wrath of My Madness became a popular hit, it was the song Ladies First that really put the spotlight on Mm. Queen Latifah. The album went to number six on the Billboard Top Hip Hop R&B Albums chart and is still considered one of the most important hip hop albums in history. And by 1990, the album had gone gold. So they did a really good job marketing, marketing her. Mm -hmm. And she had this Afrocentric vibe that was really popular at the time. And it really spoke to a lot of people in the black community. Right. Um, And she talked about things that people saw every day, you know, drive by shootings and, you know, black on black violence and the domestic violence, domestic violence and, you know, sexism. Yeah, she especially really in hit, rap videos. So. She really hit sexism head on. Yes, definitely. And, and I she think became, that was in a time when most people were afraid to address it. And they were afraid to address black feminism. We're still afraid to address black feminism. It's oh, yeah. still like not a thing. And she was talking about it in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's fucking changed. Very little has changed. I think I think there are artists who do a little bit more today, but overall yeah. it's yeah. hard to it's still it's hard to say if it's really it's like in the feminism movement we've made strides but we are leaving we're our s- women of color behind oh, and yes. we need to fucking pick them up and take them too yes. because this is ridiculous yeah there's absolutely no reason to exclude a certain race for, they are uh, not for reasons less, I don't even know they're not less worthy than we are you know so if it's like anything, what are you they're doing more worthy because black women i feel like generally experience more sexism on a daily basis than white women do. Yeah, I think so you're right. It's, and there's also this um, this weird thing where it's almost shame- more shameful for black women to, ex- to come out with um, sexual abuse that they have experienced. Right. It, it, there's more of a bad stigma against it, because mainly probably because... Black women aren't believed yes. as much as white women are. Yeah, that's I a mean, huge problem. And it's a huge problem, so... Well, it's just, like, treating people of color as, like, an other... Like, they're not people, but they're people. What are we... we I don't understand. There's no reason to There's discriminate no reason. when it comes to sexual harassment and abuse. There's no reason to discriminate in race. There really isn't. No. It's, it's ridiculous. And I think she saw that mm-hmm. and kind of applied that to her music and was she she was not afraid to call people out no. on their bullshit which people didn't see people still don't see it all that much i mean i'm sure Nicki minaj does and you know i don't listen to rap so i don't know <laughs> i don't know i really like watching you struggle to talk about yeah rap. i don't know it's i don't so know cute um <laughs> i mean i can't really do it either but i mean i listen to at least a handful of things yeah I and, but i also i just don't listen to like Normal top 40, I guess. Pop? I, I dip in once in a while. Just like, what's going on here, guys? Yeah. All right. I hate most of this. I'm going to leave now. Bye. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but if we were to get Queen Latifah back in the top 40, that might change my mind a little bit. That would be wonderful. Right? I can only imagine the things she would rap about now. Mm. By this time, people in the hip-hop scene were taking notice of Queen Latifah and her message. The hip-hop collective Native Tongues was no exception, and soon Queen joined their cause, Native Tongues was a group of hip-hop artists whose music addressed a lot of social and cultural topics relevant to the black community and included hip-hop greats like De La Soul and A Tribe Called Quest. Hell yes! Who are wonderful. But Queen Latifah had a follow-up album to make, and that came in the form of Nature of a Sista. I dare say Queen Latifah was experimental on this album. Mm. Mind you, it was 1991, and the idea of a successful black female musician was extraordinary. This was the early days of gangster rap, and women weren't in the forefront of the rap scene. 
So seeing Queen Latifah come out with an Afrocentric album that incorporated hip-hop, jazz, reggae, New Jack Swing, house, and all these different genres was a bit jarring for some people. Mm. Consequently, Nature of Assista didn't do as well as All Hail the Queen. It did eventually go gold, but it only charted at number 117. Because of its low sales, Tommy Boy Records dropped Latifah from their label. For one bad album? For one bad album. How many bad albums do you think her male counterparts had? And they would still be on the record oh, on the album. Yeah, the, tons. The label. Yeah. 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 So, bullshit. Cool. Call him bullshit. Cool story, bro. <laughs> and this was severely bad timing because in 1992, Queen Latifah's brother Lance died in a car crash after a car collided with his motorcycle when he was making a turn. Oh. She had given him the motorcycle as a present, bought with the money she made off of All Hail the Queen, and after he died, she continued to wear the key to his motorcycle around her neck. Oh, that's really sad. And Queen was devastated at the loss of her brother and felt personally responsible for his death. Oh, no. Yeah. She had bought the motorcycle for Lance only two months before the accident, and that really affected her state of mind. She was severely depressed, and her way of dealing with his death was to turn to drugs and alcohol. Oh, my God. And now she had a lot of money, so she couldn't indulge in all of it. And before she knew it, her life kind of spiraled out of control. I never knew she had a drug-alcohol problem. Yes. Also, yes, she did. Um, definitely not your fault that your brother got hit. It's um, yep. motorist's fault. Hey, guys, fucking look out for motorcycles. Yeah. Fucking do it. Yeah. It would make me feel a lot, like, better when I'm on mine if I knew people actually gave a shit about motorcyclists. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the circumstances surrounding the accident were. The only thing I could find was that he was, he collided with a car when he was trying to make a turn. Mm. So I don't know whose fault it was, but either way, it's a fucking tragedy. And also look out for motorcycles. Like, we don't have protection if we get hit off our motorcycles. Real easy to die. Yeah. But at the same time, her professional career was on fire. She'd been dropped from Tommy Boy, but quickly signed a deal with Motown Records. Nice. And then went back into the studio and threw herself into recording her next album. She had a lot of material to get inspiration from considering the past few years, and the result of this was Black Rain. Mm. This was an album like no one had ever seen before. First and foremost, she was rapping about some hardcore shit, calling out men for sexual harassment and misogyny, calling out the world for systemic racism, calling out the rampant violence that permeates the inner cities, all with a feminist edge that showed people she deserved the title of first lady of hip hop. Hell yeah. I mean, this is kind of a brutal album. It is. I mean, yeah, you had gangster rap coming out around this time, but... It was Queen Latifah that was calling out everybody on their bullshit. Right. I mean, like, gangster rap's really important and plays a huge part, of course, in the story of rap and hip hop. Yeah. And I think that they address a lot of really important things. Yeah. But she was doing it in such a, but seriously, listen to me. She had a different- This is legit. She had a different view. Yeah. Because you had all of these guys who were, it's like, it's money- it's drugs, it's right. guns, right. all of this. She had a different view. She was, it was like she was looking at it through the eyes of the people in her community who are like, but there's too much drugs, there's too much guns, there's too much violence, and there's too much sexism. Exactly. You know, um, NWA was over here. Mm-hmm. She was down here like, oh, but no, yeah. you need to stop doing that. Right. You need to stop, you know, making all of these Things look like they're so cool, but they're because they're not because we're killing yeah. each other. Stop and that's horrifying, yeah. And it's, yeah. But her shit about cat calling, I'm like, yes, and sexual assault mm-hmm. and shit. I'm like, I'm fucking here for it. The single from Black Rain that really put her on the map was U N I T Y. Oh my god! This song was kind of a gut punch to the black community. It was a message to the men to stop treating women like fucking garbage and to stop sexual harassment, stop calling women bitches and hoes, and also a message to women to stand up and demand men stop treating women this way. Mm -hmm. And, like, just the chorus, who you calling a bitch? (laughs) But seriously, who are you calling a bitch? Yeah, don't call us bitches and hoes, because, you know, that's not what we are. No. And we don't deserve to be treated this way. Like, we don't call you dickbags and douches but we could yeah I like mean, yo what where are my dick bags at <laughs> i could still be a soundcloud rapper you could 
And that, just like, that can be your first single, Where My Dick Bags At. <laughs> Bros ain't shit, but dick bags and shit. I don't know. Dick bags and tricks. That's what it is. There you go. Bros ain't shit, but dick bags and tricks. Yeah. There you go. You got it. You got yourself a it. single. All right. That's it. We're, we're, keep we're an eye rich. out. We're fucking I'll post rich. the SoundCloud link in the show notes. Yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> With the help of UNITY and the Grammy she won for it, Queen Latifah's popularity was soaring. Everyone now knew her as a formidable musical artist, but that wasn't her only talent. She got the break of a lifetime in 1993 when she was cast as one of the main characters in the TV show Living Single. I love this show. I forgot about that show. So did everybody else. (laughs) But I love this show if you go back and watch it it is still fucking great okay it holds up like fresh prince holds up Ooh. even more so because they dealt i feel like with more issues that well fresh I guess prince pertain- was a little bit more family friendly and when i remember as a child i feel like living single was a little bit more advertised for adults yeah, and more like 20-somethings. Yeah. I think their target audience was like the 18 to 34-year-olds. Mm, agreed. But let's side note this for a hot second. Okay. It wasn't Queen's first time on TV. Oh. I believe her first time on TV was two episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, on which she played two completely different characters <laughs> in two separate episodes. Oh my god, really? Yes. All right. I forgot that she was on there twice. I I, I distinctly remember these two episodes because I fucking loved French Prince of Bel Air. The first time she was on it, she played a very like Afrocentric, bossy actress. Okay. And I I can't remember the storyline behind that episode, but the second time she was on it, she played a character called Dee Dee Williams, who was. She was the daughter of one of Uncle Phil's friends. Yes. And she met Will and they, you know, got along really well. And he was supposed to take her to a dance. But he didn't want to. He didn't want to because he thought she was fat. Yes. And his friends were making fun of her for it. Oh, my God. I never... I totally remember that episode. Yeah. did not realize that was Queen Latifah. Yeah. It's Queen Latifah. Because she looked kind of, like, plain in, like, the school uniform and, like, the straight hair and everything. Yeah, and she probably got, like, extra tomboyed out and... Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I do remember that episode. Yeah. Fuck you, Will. Seriously. I was rereading that and, like, remembering it. I'm like, this episode was fucked up. Yeah. Because, like, at the end, she was completely friend-zoned. Oh, yeah. She was totally friend zone, and everyone played it off like, oh, everything's great because they're friends. Like, no! She's cute and she's funny, and they get along. He should fucking date her. Who cares? She's not even fat. Like, <sighs> fuck you, Will. God, <laughs> God damn, damn it. it. <laughs> so, Living Single, let's go back to that. All right, back to Living Single. So Living Single was a show that centered around four black female women living together in Brooklyn and their two intrusive male neighbors. It was a pretty groundbreaking show at the time. While it wasn't the first TV show to feature a black female lead, because shows like Julia and Gimme a Break had already come and gone by mm. then, oh, yeah. Gimme a Break was amazing. Never saw I, it, but I remember seeing like ads for it. When I was really little, I would watch Gimme a Break and What's Happening when I got home from school, because nope. they would play like reruns. They were great. But it was the first time to feature four black women, and all the characters had successful careers. A magazine editor, a boutique buyer, an attorney. It was one of the few shows that showed young black women as confident, making their own money, and enjoying their social lives. Oh. That's actually pretty progressive for, like, the early 90s. Yeah. And I, I don't want to bring up the Cosby show, but I will bring up the Cosby show because the Cosby show was kind of the same way. Mm. It wasn't a dirt poor inner city black family. It was... Struggling to make it. Yeah. It was an affluent black family with a doctor Doctor. and a lawyer as the parents. They had money. They lived in a nice house and they could afford things. The kids were real smart. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see that all that much up until now. They're like, hey, did you guys know that black people actually are pretty normal and can also be successful? Yeah, and some of them are smart and can do smart things, like be a doctor and a lawyer. I mean, this might surprise some of you. It shouldn't, but here we are. But that's Hollywood, and Hollywood (laughs) fucking sucks. 
The show aired for five seasons and was one of the most popular sitcoms of the 90s. However, somehow it's still severely underrated. Okay. And a lot of people don't remember it. I remember that it existed. I never watched it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was just not... I was always really immature. I'm still really immature for my age, but like... I just really didn't get into most sitcoms until I was a little bit older. Yeah. And, and even also, then it was, it would be stuff like Fresh Prince or yeah. like TGIF stuff. And also this one was, it was, it originally aired on Sundays and then they moved it to Thursdays. Remember when Thursday was like the, the night, night for TV? to watch TV? Yeah. yeah. So they had it between, going between Sunday and Thursday and it was sandwiched between Martin and married with children. Oh my god! And I hated Martin. <laughs> I did not like that show it. at all. And I never watched Married with Children. See, but I, I watched oddly enough watched Married with Children. But yeah. I think that's because that's one of the few shows my brother watched. And yeah, your older sibling kind of gets you stuck on whatever you have, whatever they're watching. You have to watch it. Yeah, but I I very much remember watching it on Thursdays. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely remember all of the channels like competing, like NBC, Fox. Probably ABC. We're like, no, our show is professional. Yeah. Our show is professional. I very specifically remember that Thursday nights were friends nights. Oh, yeah. Seinfeld in my house. Always friends. Everybody made a big deal about friends. Because, you know, white people. Because we be white. Yeah. We're real white guys. Yeah, pretty much. With a successful music career and now a burgeoning acting career, things seemed like they were going great for Queen Latifah. But with the death of her brother still looming over her, it was definitely affecting her and a series of unfortunate events, if you will, were on the horizon. On July 16th, 1995, Latifah was involved in a carjacking that ended in an attempted murder. What? Yeah. It's a really fucking ridiculous story. Holy shit. That morning around 2.45 a.m., Queen pulled her BMW up to a street corner a block from the Apollo Theater in Harlem. While they waited for their friends in another car to meet them, two teenagers came up to the car and ordered Queen, her bodyguard or boyfriends like every article i read said something different so i'm not gentleman escort gentleman person (laughs) (laughs) they ordered queen her gentleman person sean moon who was in the passenger seat and their friend who was in the back seat out of the car at gunpoint jesus queen and her friends didn't resist but for some reason or another one of the teenagers shot sean moon in the stomach anyway the teenagers fled in the bmw and later abandoned it in far rockaway queens meanwhile queen didn't even wait for an ambulance to arrive she flagged down a cab threw sean into it and told them to race to the hospital and her quick actions likely saved his life wow yeah i mean good fucking thinking he could have bled to death if they waited for an ambulance to get there yeah new york city in the 90s still not great nope Especially in Harlem. Harlem Harlem's, Harlem was a difficult place honestly, in the 90s. Honestly, Harlem's been rough until probably recently. Yeah. Gentrification. <sighs> That's for another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Controversy followed her into the next year when she was arrested after getting pulled over for speeding in North Hollywood. Whatever. Uh, Come oh, on. All of this. Every time she has been pulled over... And arrested, because this isn't going to be the last time. It's bullshit. Who gets arrested for speeding? Oh, oh no. No, no, no. Let me finish. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're going to let me finish. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) The police officer smelled marijuana and asked Queen if she had been smoking. She said yes, and apparently said yes when the officer asked if she had pot or weapons in her car. After searching her car, he did indeed find Pot and a loaded thirty-eight caliber gun. Oh. Yeah. All right. Maybe she, not the best look. Yeah. <laughs> she was arrested and booked and charged with suspicion of carrying a concealed firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, and possession of marijuana. It's not a suspicion if you find it, though, is it? Like, it's it's been proven fact. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they charged her with carrying a loaded firearm, right. too. I just thought it was funny. It's, it's just, like... For suspicion. I'm like, it ain't suspicious, bitch. You know she's got but like, it. Can you be charged for suspicion of carrying one if they don't find one? Yeah, that's kind of fucked, isn't it? Can you only be it's charged like with that crime. if they do find it? I don't know. Can you be charged for whatever the police officers think? Um, I'm pretty sure it's that one. I'm pretty sure I'm, that's the baby. I'm pretty sure you can be charged with basically driving while black, which 
in most cases, that's what happens. No. Yeah, no. That's not a thing. No. Yeah. Anyway. Lies. <laughs> she ended up pleading guilty to the charges. I don't know what she got sentenced with this time, but. Well, I mean, on the bright side, I'd like to think at least being a celebrity and being rich at least helped her to not go to jail. Question mark? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about any of this. Yeah. I mean, she didn't end up going to jail, so I assume she got off with probation or something like that. Probably. She's celebrities. You can say this for the most part, 85% of the time with celebrities. At that point, color doesn't matter. Your wallet matters. Yeah. If you can pay. If you can pay. Yeah. You can walk away. But on top of all of this, even Queen isn't immune to beef with other rappers. Ooh. 1996 also saw a feud between her and Foxy Brown develop. Remember Foxy Brown? <gasps> yeah, I do. I didn't know there was a feud. I didn't either. All right. <laughs> but there was. All right. And it was a long one, too. So Queen released a song called Name Colin. And reports came out that the song was about Foxy. Oh. Foxy's response was less than mature, calling out Queen's sexuality and insisting Queen was checking her out at public appearances. Uh, A couple years later, Foxy put out a song called 10% Diss that accused Queen of stealing rhymes and being jealous of her. Queen immediately came out with a response song and then Foxy came out with a response song to Queen's response song. Oh my god. After Queen was unofficially declared the winner, the two reconciled (laughs) and Foxy even appeared on Queen's talk show in 2000. I have a really hard time with rap beefs because this is pretty much how all of them go except for Biggie and Tupac who died. (laughs) So guys, you know what? At the end of the day, beef ain't worth it. Yeah, it's Because you're either going to end up being friends or you're going to end up killing each other. Either way, not worth it. Not worth my time. Not worth my energy. Stop it. But also, this is what Twitter is for now. Oh, God. Oh. This is nope, how... you know what? Go back to the rap beefs. Go back to the... <laughs> at least, at least go back in to this, the call-outs, At man. this point, it would result in really good songs. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, like, stupid-sounding tweets that don't make any sense. And you're spelling it all wrong. God damn it. Can't have a feud in 140 characters. It it's doesn't like work. It's, like, 280 now. But you still can't oh, do it. I don't care. I don't do the Twitters. I don't know. I do the Twitters for us. <laughs> that's That's your... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's my realm. I'd say it's it's just my obligation. What you have to do. <laughs> it's what I have to do for this podcast is join Twitter and post things, which I'm not great at. Sorry, everyone. I neither am I, so I understand. This feud with Foxy started because of a song off of the soundtrack to the movie that would catapult Queen's popularity into the stratosphere. Queen was involved in a project that was groundbreaking. Released in 1996, Set It Off was an action movie starring four black women whose plan to rob a bank goes terribly wrong. Would you say they didn't set it off? And No, they set it off. Oh, they set it off all right. They set it off a lot, but then things started going wrong. Set off John Wick. Can you imagine a movie where you mix, you mash up, set it off, and John Wick? And I know. The whole thing it doesn't work. Is it that doesn't I'm just check out. To set off John Wick. No, it doesn't. No, Queen Wick. Queen Wick. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. These were working class women turned gunslinging badasses, and although it was a violent movie, and violence was something Queen Latifah opposed. The commentary on that on the circumstances surrounding the violence is something she could get behind. There was also something else about this film that was a bit controversial. Queen Latifah's character Cleo was openly gay. This was 1996. Homophobia was still rampant, especially mm. in the black community. Mm. By taking this role, Queen Latifah said she was hoping to bring attention to the gay African-American community and show that gay people are regular people, too. Right. And bank robbers. It's fine. Guys, you can bank be robbers both. are gay, too. <laughs> you can be a gay bank robber. Hashtag justice for gay bank robbers. Yeah. There we go. You know what? Like... They deserve the same treatment that straight Straight. bank robbers get, which I guess is just jail. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Hmm. The movie was insanely popular, grossing $41 million worldwide. I remember that this movie exists. I just have never seen it because I don't see movies. Yeah. But even though it was successful, it didn't get the accolades it deserved. 
It's considered a cult classic now, hmm. while similar action films starring white men are pumped out every week. If you think about it. Uh, yep. I'm not really a big action movie person. I really don't. But I feel like this is this isn't like blow 'em up kind of action movie. Right. It's it's more just like fast the heat. Yeah, the I've heat. never seen Heat either. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. I'm. You know. You know. I don't um, watch movies. But it's not a comedy. It's it's serious. Right. It's 100 percent serious. But um, it's. I don't know. It's it's not fucking Transformers or some shit. It's not Fast and well, it's, Furious. It's, a, it's, it's a believable action movie, and there's yes. plenty of those. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be a crazy, like, one man versus the world. Yeah. It's, there are plenty of those realistic action movies out there. Yeah. Like, Taken. Yeah. That's not realistic. Let's, but you know let's what? Let's not talk about Liam Neeson right now, But you know please. what, though? What? I've seen Taken. <laughs> But do, have you seen all of them? Nope. Just yeah, no. the one. I've only seen that's one. that's good enough, that's enough for me. I'm pretty sure it's the same story, just recycled over and over no, again. Never. Are you insinuating... Not Liam That Neeson. Hollywood doesn't have original ideas? <laughs> never. Never. But didn't this also, her move to play a gay person kind of blow up and her like backfire on her because um, i do remember in the 90s people be like oh, queen latifah's gay well oh, that's the thing latifah. that's the thing I mean, besides that has the Foxy followed Brown. her forever i mean i guess it could be a culmination of like tomboy back in the day yeah. foxy brown beef and then this and then people and being like pretty rough right with her with her raps so yeah Okay. But I'll I'll get into it a little bit later. All right, all right. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll I'll let you finish. Wait. So Queen had been focusing on her acting career and by 1998 it had been 5 years since she released an album. Get with it, girl. So she put acting on the back burner for a bit and returned to the studio and this resulted in Order in the Court. Mhm. This was pretty different than her previous albums. Notably, she sang a lot more on this album, which becomes important later on. Second, she's got an awesome voice. She has an amazing voice. And at this point, she's primarily known as a rapper. She didn't do a whole lot of singing, but right. there's it's a little bit softer, I guess, a little bit groovier. She sings a lot more. Yeah. Second, it's obvious she was very affected by the deaths of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. The last song on the album, Life, has separate verses that are dedicated to the two dead rappers, while Black on Black Love addresses unity in the Black community, mm -hmm. literally pleading to love your neighbors and support Black-owned businesses. Yeah, Black on Black Love is a great song. Yes, it it's is. Like, it's composed beautifully, she sings it great, and the message is fantastic. It is a very good song. And this is a very underrated album, mm -hmm. I think. Um, I think people were... They had waited a long time right. for another Queen Latifah album, and they were expecting another Black Rain. Mm -hmm. And when she didn't deliver exactly that, they were like, oh, well, I guess she's not the angry Black woman we thought she was. I, I think you can be angry without being angry. Yeah. I, I try really hard now, because I think I used to be like that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, you sold out, or oh, yeah. you burr to burr. And I try really hard now when an artist I really like puts out an album, and maybe I'm not in love with it, but then but I you think, try you know to what, find maybe the it's good just, stuff in it. You try to find the good stuff, and you say, you know what, this is just one album. Let artists explore, because yeah. you don't know what could come after this. Maybe what comes after this is great. Or maybe you have St. Anger, and nothing's ever really the same. <laughs> Hey, we got a great documentary out of you that. You really did, though. <laughs> God damn it. And a lot oh, and hours and hours of podcast Jesus material. Christ. <laughs> and so many memes. But you can tell, like, even if she wasn't outright angry on this album, she was frustrated. Order in the Court deals with subjects Queen Latifah had always spoken about. However, this time there was a level of frustration present on all the songs. Frustration over violence in the Black community, along with exasperations with her feud with Foxy Brown, mm -hmm. probably contributed to the all, I'm over this shit and we need to do better attitude. Wait, at this point, what is she, like 28, 30? I'm really bad at math. Um, this was 96. She was born in 70, 70. so she was 26. <gasps> Right? Wow! Can we stop for a minute? Wait, was she? Yeah, 26. In can, we, can we have a minute to talk about, like, 
Oh wait, 20- no, this is ni- this is ninety eight. So she's twenty. Oh, sorry, she's twenty eight. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Never mind. I'm like, no. At twenty eight, think about like this much of her life she's already experienced and mm-hmm. gone through. At twenty eight, at twenty eight, like I thought I knew what I wanted with my life. I thought, like, I had my shit figured out. I thought I was, like, on this path and, like, had my shit, like, set out. Yeah. And I haven't even lived half the life that Queen fucking Latifah did. Yeah. So if a woman wants to go ahead and change her approach a little bit at 28... A little bit. A little bit. Like, it's not she's even like it was a crazy message. She's a change as a person. She's just like, I'm growing up and maturing. Instead of rapping, maybe I'll sing. Yeah. Let her do it. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) After ordering the court, Queen Latifah wouldn't put out another album for six years. Instead, she turned her sights towards television again. The Queen Latifah show premiered in September 1999, following an Oprah-esque format. So, like, she would sit down, Mm -hmm. have guests, talk to them. You mean, like, every celebrity talk show from Oprah to Ellen to Wendy O. Williams? Yes. 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 Okay. I'm here for it. Wendy Williams. Fuck. Not well, Wendy O. Well, well. If Wendy O. Williams had her own talk show. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God the possibilities. And then if she had Peter Steele on. You know, heaven <gasps> sounds like a wonderful place right now. <laughs> Why are we doing Chloe? Excuse, excuse me. <laughs> I had a moment. Nut. I just nutted real hard. <laughs> no lie. That happened. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. But yes, her, her show was very much in the vein of most celebrity talk yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it didn't really pan out so hot. So it was canceled in a huh. couple years because of low ratings. But that didn't stop the Queen. In fact, the 2000s were the beginning of the most prolific part of Queen Latifah's career. Kicking things off was an Academy Award-nominated role in the movie musical Chicago. Yeah. Which I forget how old this movie is. Wow. It came out in 2002. So I know it because... That was 17 years ago. Oh my... Hold on. Hold on. All right. My first year of college, I assistant stage managed Chicago, and Mm -hmm. the movie came out the same exact time. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we watched the movie, um, Mm -hmm. and I hated it because I am... Like in the same vein of the book is better, Mm -hmm. I'm very much the live musical is better. Mm -hmm. And so I did not care for this. I will say, though, Queen Latifah did a beautiful job. Yes, she did. And then that also means that I was a freshman in college 17 fucking years ago. Yep. I'm an old lady. Yep. We both are. Audiences adored her as Matron Mama Morton, Cook County Jail's badass but nurturing matron. When you're good to mama, mama's Mama's good good to you. you. You know what though? Like and that really fit Queen Latifah though. Yeah. That fit she her was so well. She was perfect for that role. She was really great. was. Um, most audiences also didn't know Queen Latifah could sing so well and were blown away by her performance of When You're Good to Mama. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, maybe the Apparently people who no listened to her last album listened to her last album. Maybe you would know then. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you not listen? Yeah. Cool. Chicago was a huge hit for Queen Latifah and made her a household name and elevated her to role model status like she'd never seen before. But history seems to repeat itself. And in 2002, just before Chicago was set to be released, Queen was again arrested for a DUI after getting pulled over. The officer that pulled her over said he witnessed her make an unsafe lane change on a highway in North Hollywood. She was convicted of the DUI charges and sentenced to three years probation. The irony of this is that Queen dealt with her alcohol issues years ago at this point. Uh, she had a pre she had a period of time after her brother died that she went balls to the wall with drugs and alcohol, but reeled her behavior back in a short time after that when she realized she wasn't dealing with her grief and anger properly. And after going to therapy and finding her faith in God again, she kicked the bad habits within a few years. So, to me, it seems kind of bullshit. Like, unsafe lane change? It just Mm. seems ridiculous, but I don't know. I mean, at the same time, it's like if you're going to register on the thing when you do the breathalyzer, 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 the breathalyzer, (laughs) she could take a lift. She could have used a lift. Yo, we could have had lift back then. We could have. Because, like, here's the thing. Lift definitely is bringing down, like, DUIs and shit. I think so. 
Like, I think an actual study came out and they're like, oh, yeah, we are seeing, like, fewer. Good. Cause, Good. Because, I mean, people are like, oh, there's a car share program. I just... I can you, like, do it on my phone, I throw you, like, even 15, if I'm drunk. But that's the best part, is you're drunk and you're on your phone. You're like, here's $20. Yeah, Take me home. <laughs> and then it. you're like, he was really nice. And he had bottled water in his $10 tip. <laughs> $10 tip. Five stars. This guy's the best. <laughs> but really, your your comment says, because <laughs> you, you know, can't type when you're you drunk. you can't type when you're drunk. It's the worst. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that that sounds like yeah. some It sounds like some bullshit. It probably is. To me. I mean, it we should like we should have known. We should have known it was going to be some bullshit. But despite the DUI charges, music still came first for her and it was time she got back to it. This yep. time around, it wasn't hip hop she was going after. Her time working in Chicago was clearly a big influence on her, so her next album was a notable shift towards soul and jazz standards. This was a vast departure from her previous records. No rap, no hip-hop beats, just straight-up soulful singing. It was back to basics, which is the reason why it was called the Dana Owens album. Oh, yeah. It was a stripped-down Queen Latifah calling back to her roots as a black woman celebrating jazz and the black artists that created it. Yep. And she fucking knocked it out of the oh, park. she this nailed it. This album is so fucking good. It is on point. It is... Yeah. And much like... Our typo negative albums, which are good fucking albums. This is a good making love album. Ooh. This is if you want to wine and dine your lady on like Valentine's Day and then. Guys, Valentine's Day is Thursday, so. Yeah, and do, last minute tips yeah, for you. And do that like slow moves. Oh my. Them night moves kind of thing. <laughs> Working on them night moves with Clean Latifah in the like, background. I made you a spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> And I have some red wine, and now I'm going to play Dana Owens' Back to Basics, and your woman will be, or man, I don't know what, I don't know what you're, I'm not going to assume Either gender. one is or going your, to your, be you know, moved. Your person will be moved. Yes. To bone. Mo- but it will they be will making be, love. They will be moved to the bedroom. Ow! <laughs> After this, it was kind of an interesting time for Queen Latifah as Hmm. she started to get more and more movie roles. Most were in comedies like Bringing Down the House and Taxi and Barbershop 2. But she also did more serious roles like Stranger Than Fiction and blockbuster musicals like Hairspray. And Hairspray was fucking huge. Who was she in Stranger Than Fiction? She was Emma Thompson's uh, secretary. Oh, that's right. Who... Honestly, she was the best character in that movie. Yeah. That was an interesting movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was like, huh. I, li- I liked it a lot, but I was here for Queen Latifah in that movie. I was like, <laughs> you're the only person in this movie that I 100% like. Everybody else, I have varying levels of like. Mm. Most not great. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm always here for Queen. I'm always here for Queen Latifah. Mm. If people aren't weren't convinced of her multifaceted talent by the time Hairspray came out, then what the fuck, really? Yeah. And at this point in the mid-2000s, Queen had so many rapid-fire projects out that I can't even touch on them all. She had a second round of her talk show come out, but again, it only lasted two seasons and was canceled due to, po- to, due to low ratings. And I do remember when this was out, and I did watch it several times, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't that good. I have to be honest. Not everybody can be a host. Yeah. And when- that's fine. The problem was the beginning, you know, in the beginning of every talk show, they always have a part where they like they're just going through the news or they're going through celebrity gossip or they're talking with the audience or like something like that. Okay, yeah. She wasn't good at that. She was great at interviews. She was great at interacting with her guests and with the audience. But when it came to just sitting there and like monologuing or, you know, doing a funny thing it, it just didn't work she's better with people than on her own yes which is fine agreed i mean yeah yeah i can i can relate to that yeah she was in a gazillion movies at this point and started a touring festival featuring herself erica badu and jill scott oh my god it was yeah they do a tour all the time i don't know if it's still going on oh my god i want to go to it yeah she also sang at the super bowl and a ton of other stuff I won't even get into. But I will get into one or two more things. 
The first is her most recent album, Persona, released in 2009. After she switched to singing standards with the Dana Owens album, everyone immediately started asking her if she would do another hip-hop album. Mm. She would always respond with a maybe or only if it can be all hail the queen too. By 2008, it was reported that people were going to get what they were asking for. She even joked that the album was going to be called the L word to mess with people's heads. Oh my God. Because of all the rumors circulating that she was a lesbian. I heard she likes other women. (gasps) Oh, scandalous. Who even gives a shit? Yeah. And here's the thing about these rumors. Queen never directly addressed them. She let people's imaginations run wild when it came to her sexuality, and I'm not entirely sure why she never confirmed if she was straight, gay, bisexual, or whatever. Some people in the LGBTQ plus community were kind of miffed at her for it, despite her constant support of the LGBTQ plus community. But I think if you look at it on both sides, who cares? Well, she is also a very private person. And when it comes to her love life and her home life, she does not want to talk about it. Yeah. And I don't really, I mean, if she talks about it, I don't care. That's cool. Yeah. But I don't need to know about but it. But also, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It like, really doesn't matter. What she does behind closed doors, as far as her love life goes, doesn't affect the way, what she sings about, what she, how she acts, like her yeah. singing voice. It doesn't affect the shit that she's doing. Right. And I think she realized that very early on, mm. but understood that when she was younger people would not understand. Right. So kind of kept it under wraps and is slowly like letting little bits about it come out here and there. Like sometimes she will um, let the paparazzi photograph her with a girlfriend. Like she has dated both men and women. That is confirmed. Okay. But she has never actually addressed it herself. Right. She has never confirmed Yes, I'm dating this woman, or yes, I'm dating this man, or yes, I'm bisexual, or whatever. She's never confirmed well, anything. Because, I mean, like she doesn't Peppa have to. said before, none of your business. Yeah, it is none of your it business. It really is not our business. And I'm going to also do like a little, little counter argument here. Kind of smart marketing wise. Yes. Keeps her talked about. Yes. Because everybody wants to know, well, do you like boys or girls? Do you like both? Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. And if she is seen out with anybody, Male or female or whatever, people are going to talk about it. Right. And, I mean, kudos to her if she realized at a young age, like, this is going to keep people talking about me. Right. So, good for you, girl. Mm -hmm. Never keeps you in the biz. And the question surrounding her sexual preferences in part could have influenced her passion project, the film Bessie. The HBO movie was in production for about 20 years. And way way back in 1995, the producers had approached Queen to play Bessie Smith. And for those that don't know, Bessie Smith was a bisexual blues singer in the 1920s and 30s, nicknamed the Empress of the Blues. She was a pioneer of her time, demanding respect and equal pay in a field dominated by white men, but also had a reputation for booze and debauchery. Mm -hmm. Queen poured herself into this role and drew from her own life to help her with it. Both women fought their way to the top through a sea of racism and troubles with depression and alcohol. Unfortunately, Bessie died in a car crash in 1937, but we have Queen Latifah still here and is still kicking ass. She's currently starring in the Fox TV show Star and was in the successful rom-com Girls Trip in 2017. She's also been an advocate for women's health, especially since her mother was diagnosed with heart failure in 2004 and passed away from the disease in 2018. But she's still doing it. She's still kicking fucking ass. Queen Latifah is still very much in the forefront, I think, of just at least with movies Maybe not as much with music, yeah. but I, I, people do know her as a singer. But that explains why when I was looking up her music to listen to it last week, it kept being like, Queen Latifah from the show Star. And I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. Star? <laughs> yeah, I don't it's watch like, TV either, guys. I would always mix up Star and Empire because they're like... Starpire. Starpire, yeah. And like, they they always look like the same show. And they now look, they, they do look like And the now same they cross show. over with each other. Oh, jeez. So. Is it a spinoff, maybe? I thought it was, but I don't think so, hmm. because they're just they're just now crossing over with each other. Hmm. But Queen Latifah is somebody that 
I, you don't realize it, but you grew up with her. You, we did. We one hundred percent grew up with Queen. She Latifah. was there, all like when I was what ten and less than that. She was, she was there when I was she like was, five. When we were born, she was fourteen. Yeah. So and she she released her debut album in nineteen eighty nine. Mm-hmm. So I was like five six. Or actually, she was probably thirteen when we were both born. Yeah. So I was about five or six but when yeah. her first album came out and she started getting popular. So she has literally been around. Well, and I just do hanging remember. out this whole fucking time. Right. She, I just feel like she's one of those people that has always been there and always been in the background and people have taken her for granted. Definitely. I do remember her from like pop culture references when we were kids mm-hmm. on TV shows. Um, especially like I do recall certain shows being like men being scared of her. Because because she was a a bigger woman. But not she just was tall. she's a bigger woman. She didn't take shit. I mean, yeah. she still doesn't. But like, she's always been known as a big, tall woman who doesn't With an take attitude shit and doesn't take which shit. Yeah. Good for her. Like, I wish I noticed that more when I was younger. But unfortunately, you know, it just wasn't in my. Again, I was very immature, but it wasn't in my foresight to right. like see like this is the type of person you need to idolize, Maggie. Yeah, like you need to look at somebody like Queen Latifah and be like. Oh, I can be like a tall, foreboding woman, and it's fine. Yeah. I don't have to like be meek and scared. Yeah. So she's a great fucking role model. I agree, absolutely, totally. And you're right; she doesn't get her due. I feel like as much as she should. So yeah, absolutely not. Hopefully, people start I'm, giving her some more cred. However, I am still in. I feel like since the mid two thousands hit people have noticed her more. Yeah, at least at the very least she's on screen. Yeah, for for her acting abilities, which she absolutely should get. Oh, yeah. Get recognition for. Yeah, I guess for. I've downplayed them a little, but But also she should get her dues for her music because her everything she's put out has been consistently great and thought-provoking mm-hmm. and it's it's like she's poking the bear. Yeah. All the time. And you're right, too, because we wouldn't have, like, Missy Elliott or Cardi right. B or anybody that we, we would have. We would have none of them. Without and her. I don't think... I, I know that they bring up a lot of, you know, issues that are in the forefront today, but um, I feel like Queen Latifah did it first and with a <laughs> shit ton more attitude, and they could still take... They could still learn something from yo, her. Yo, I'll give Cardi B credit. At least she posts like, oh, yeah. a lot of videos about oh, like, yeah. yo, where's my money? Yeah. Why is the government shut down? Yeah. Why don't we all have health care? And I'm like, I kind of am in love with you. <laughs> At least she's saying something. Right? But like, you know, Queen Latifah built the platform yeah. that she can stand exactly. on. Exactly. And I mean, I love that she she's never backpedaled. She's yeah. never... she's. She's definitely more feminine now than she was before, but it's not at it, the cost of who she is. But you know what I, I mean? I think like, it's just something that she grew into. Yeah. But if you see just like street paparazzi pictures of her, she's still that tomboy. Oh, yeah. No. I just yeah. mean like as far as, um, you know, when she has to, when she has to put on, she will. Yeah. Um, and I think. And I don't think. And again, like, I don't think that's at the cost those, of her personality. Those are two sides of her that I think go together. Exactly. Very well. She can do both. And that's pretty amazing. Right. I wish I could do both. <laughs> I look terrible in sweatpants. So. Oh, I, I was going to say, oh, sweatpants. I mean, I think I could tomboy and femme up. I think I can do both. But like, I also have to put in a lot of effort for both. So yeah. is it really worth yeah. it? Yeah. I'll she always do, look like a slob in sweatpants. Yeah, she can do both very easily and look fucking fantastic. God so. damn it, Queen Latifah, you beautiful kind of really beast of a woman. <laughs> God, she's wonderful. Go celebrate her. Yeah. Celebrate Queen Latifah. She deserves it. She does. Go go like her posts on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do anymore. Yeah, go like her <laughs> tweets. I don't know. Maybe like some Insta photo stories. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. With that, I think we'll close it up because I've made it awkward. Like I do. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. We celebrate you. Celebrate you. For sure. You know, next week we'll be back with more stories from the crazy world of music celebrating Black History Month because mm-hmm. got to give these people their due. Everybody, 
Who cares? Everybody deserves their due if they put in the time and effort. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. And if you want to, you should just go ahead and click subscribe if you are on iTunes so you can get our episodes every week. Also, you should give us five-star reviews because we want them and we need them and we love them. Yes. And you can follow us on the social medias like uh, Twitter at RockCandyPod and Facebook and Instagram at RockCandyPodcast. And there's always our website, www.RockCandyPodcast.com, where you can comment on things or you can toss us an email or whatever. We're always down for suggestions, um, whether it be beers or episodes. Go ahead. Throw them to us. We'll take them. Yeah. Even tell us that we suck. That's fine. And then we'll be like, well... All right, right. but, like, constructively tell us we suck. (laughs) Don't just think you suck. Be like, At least a compliment sandwich. Guys, like, constructive criticism. (laughs) Be like, I don't care for this, but you know how you can improve. Yeah. That's how you do it, guys. Don't don't just tell us we're fucking assholes. Hey, you know what? We're all in this garbage world together. Let's help each other out. Damn it. And with that, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on, you crazy kids out there. Falls out. Thank you. (laughs) Falls out. Thank you.